0: Please be seated. It's good to be here this morning. Isn't it good to be here? To sing our songs of praise together. And and this is a special morning in a lot of ways. Our kindergartners, we'll have a kindergartner next year, and so I can't imagine what those parents are going through for the first time, sending their kids off to school. Uh, But we've got more uh, that I want to say this morning about many more who are going back to school this week. And so if you are a student or a teacher or administrator or you work in any way in a school, or preschool uh, in the area, I'd like to ask you to stand right now. We'd like to say a prayer of blessing and stand right now. I know there's lots more. There, I know there were a lot in first service. Uh, be standing now, and I want to. I want to say a prayer of blessing uh, over all of you who were going back into your schools uh, for work or for uh, learning and, and, and being a part of that education system. And in just a moment, I'd like to ask others who are around these people, if you'd be willing to just kind of surround them and lay a hand on as a sign of blessing, a sign of sending. Uh, what I want to say is these are not just students and teachers and administrators and all that. These, these are missionaries in our schools. And we want to commission them as such, to pray for their safety, yes, but also to pray that they'd be salt and light in the places they find themselves. So if others would stand up right now and surround and, and lay hands on, if possible, someone close to you, just as a sign of blessing. A commissioning, a sign of blessing, uh, please do that right now. And then let's pray uh, to God that he would be with us on, on, on his behalf. God, for those who are standing now who have, uh, are going back to school, maybe some have already gone back to school, but we just pray that you would use them in a special way this school year. God, we know that schools are sometimes places of darkness, so we pray for safety for these uh, missionaries who are going out, God, But more importantly, we pray for their impact, that for the sake of the kingdom, you would use them in these schools, God, to be missionaries, to be servants of light, to be encouragers, to speak a word for you when needed, God. Give them the words to speak, as that can be a difficult place to sometimes know how to speak about Jesus. But God, we we pray and commission them today to do just that. Uh, This morning, God, uh, would you send them out, and would you be with all the parents, God, who are sending out those for the first time or some for the last time, God, this year? We pray this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm excited to hear about what will happen in our schools this year. Uh, At the back-to-school retreat that just happened, I, I was able to speak to our teens, and one of the things they did was they committed themselves to tiny Jesus revolutions in their schools. So each uh, school kind of got together or area in the city and determined what are we going to do this year to act as salt and light, to live out the Sermon on the Mount and engage people. And so I'm excited to hear the ways that their little Jesus revolutions that may just be small things like a mustard seed will do big things for the sake of the kingdom. And I'll I'll look forward to sharing some of those this year as as I hear some of those and the responses back. Well, today we're launching uh, Faith Path. And Faith Path is part of a larger initiative at this church called Faith at Home. And i got to tell you, when I heard at this church about the ways you're trying to engage young families with this Faith at Home Center and with all that goes along with that, I was so excited because I believe this is so important for us to have a base in our families where we're trying to form in our kids uh, the message of Jesus Christ so that they might become radical followers of His and engage the world. Uh, and, And so many of you as parents have been doing this for a long time now. Uh, this has just come natural in some ways, but I'm glad to see a church that's willing to help and step in beside in specific ways. And I think this Faith Path Initiative that we're going to talk more about today uh, will be a great way to add to that. And so we'll talk more about that in, in, in the minutes to come, uh, but I really am glad that we get to launch this today today. And uh, so, this is focused, Faith Path, on people who have kids at home specifically. Faith at Home is a larger initiative that engages all of us who have families, or those of us who, who don't have families, maybe in an extended way, even. We hope Greenville Oaks will be your church family. You'll consider us as your brothers and sisters. But what we believe here at Greenville Oaks is that the, the, the home is the primary place where faith formation happens. When I say primary, I don't mean the only way. It happens a lot of places, and church is one of those places. But we, the youth ministry, the children's ministry, what happens in this room and in our community connected to Greenville Oaks, we can't have near the impact with the number of hours we have at church that you can have at home with your families. So we're here uh, to step beside you, to equip you, to prepare you. And that's what this morning is all about, is to let you know one more way we hope to do that. But what you do at home is the, is the most vital part of how we form kids in the way of Jesus. And so we're excited to talk about that more, but I want to make sure you know that. And we're going to talk about how we choose to commit more to that today. But to talk about that, I first need to transition to a conversation about rocks. You can see one behind me here. You may say, what does rocks have to do with faith path? Well, I'm going to tell you about that this morning. Uh, My history with rocks is not all that positive. Uh, it actually started when I was five years old and I remember uh, playing at church. It was a Sunday evening and we were about to go to school. I was about to go to kindergarten. so For, the, for those who have kids going to kindergarten, that's where I was at this time. And we'd usually play a game of hide and go seek or something around, but we were playing tag and we were outside and uh, I remember it vividly. We were, there were students all the way from kindergarten to high school, smaller church, so we all kind of played together. And I remember, uh, you know, we were playing tag and so I remember this older kid that I really wanted to get and I was ducking my head, running as hard as I could, and he had moved out of the way while my head was ducked, and I ran right into a wall, which happened to be decorated with some nice rocks. And and you you know the the type of wall, right? Kind of cut up and, you know, put up to make it look nice, but you're thinking, what kind of look nice is a rock make, you know, that's not real decorative, but anyway, that's what they did, and I still have the gash in my head, 11 stitches that I got from that time running into that wall. Not a good first impression with rocks. Uh, but it continued on when I became a driver. I was uh, 16 years old and had gotten my first car. I was so excited to get out on the road. And one day, we were Holly and I were actually in the car that day, and we were going from school to lunch. We had open lunch for seniors, and so we went out to lunch and we went to Wendy's that day. So we pull into the parking lot. We had a great meal, you know, real nutritious and everything, and. And then we get back in the car, and we start to back out of the parking spot, and I'm in a, just a little sedan, and so we pull up onto a curb accidentally, the front wheel, and I'm thinking, well, that's fine, my sedan can handle this, and, and all of a sudden we hear this terrible kind of ripping noise, right? So I get out of the car, and all of a sudden I look down, and there, my bumper is laying on the ground in front of the car. Now, not the whole thing, that would have been nice, there was still a piece attached. So we had to decide, are we going to take the whole thing off or reattach? So we did what any good senior would do. We went to Walmart across the street, bought some duct tape, and taped that thing back on. Got me home that day. Didn't like the conversation I had to have with Dad. But again, what's this whole thing with decorating with rocks? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the other day, I had another story about a rock, a different kind of rock, I guess. Uh, I was in the car with Keith. Maloney and we were on our way to a conference and so we're getting off the highway exiting and I'd missed a a, a sign that was there and all of a sudden I I look back in my mirror and I said Keith there's a police car behind me you know I hope they're are they here to welcome me to Texas or what's this all about so we go through the intersection and he turns on his lights and he pulls me over and I'm thinking what did I do wrong and Keith's wondering the same thing And, and he says well you didn't notice the two signs that were there when you exited. it says don't cross the double white line and so, uh, sure enough, I got a ticket, a, a welcome to Texas gift, I guess you could call it. And that was in the city of Rock Wall, okay? I'm thinking, this is not going well. But it's funny, I mean, I have had these experiences with rocks, and, and sometimes you just see some rocks, and you think, that's just a bunch of rocks, like stone hens, right? I mean, maybe some of you have been there and think it's the coolest thing ever. To me, it's just a bunch of rocks, Maybe it's because I don't know the whole story or I haven't been on site. I hope to go there someday. But more interesting than Stonehenge to me is the sociological implications of people who take vacations to go see a bunch of rocks. Like, what's that all about? Now, some of you may really like rocks. You may be geologists or or love that field or something like that. But for me, it's not all that significant. And then I began to look through Scripture and I realized, wait a minute, rocks happen to find a significant place through the Scriptures in certain places. And that's what I want to connect a faith path with today. Uh, The story of Moses, for instance, in the wilderness. They're they're without food, without water. What happens? God tells Moses to strike a rock, and that's how he provides water. Now, he he gets so used to this strategy, the next time God tells him to speak to a rock to get water, and he decides to hit the rock because it worked last time, and that's what ended up keeping him out of the promised land. Pretty harsh, if you think about it. There's the story of David and Goliath, where a rock plays a pretty central part of that story. takes down Goliath. You've got, uh, well, a song many of you may have grown up singing, right? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. We want our lives built on the foundation. That's part of what Faith Path is about, is building our lives on the rock. And then I got to thinking about uh, the the triumphal entry of Jesus. I, I, I didn't remember a rock in that story, but rocks actually become pretty significant. Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey and he's, he, he's, this is his last week before the crucifixion. He knows what is, is ahead. And these same crowds who are yelling their hosannas just a few days later will be yelling crucify him. But here he is riding into the city. And, and do you remember the Pharisees are not happy about this. They're concerned that the authorities are going to see this disturbance. And so they say, Jesus, you've got to shut your disciples up. You can't let them go on. Do you remember what Jesus says? He talks about a rock there. It's Luke Chapter 19 in verse 40. He says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Which is a little odd, right? Stones crying out, we're not used to that. But that's what creation is, that even if we don't speak as the people of God, the good news of Jesus, the truth is that Scripture says the rocks will cry out about it. We're out of the mouth of infants and babes. They'll say it if we're not willing to say it. And then there's the resurrection, right? Right? But the women come to the tomb and the tomb the the stone is rolled away. See, rocks seem to play a significant part in Scripture. But the, the, the rock story I want to focus on this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd love to encourage you to, to open to Joshua chapter 24. It's the last chapter in the book of Joshua. People of Israel have been freed from Egypt and they're wandering into the promised land after this wandering period in the wilderness. And Joshua has been their leader through Jericho and Ai and all the cities in the book of Joshua. But when it gets to Joshua 24, Joshua is 110 years old. He's coming to the end of his life. And he knows he wants to leave some, some commandments, some, some statements, some things with the people of God that he's been journeying with. And so he, he, in, in, in Joshua chapter 24, he begins to tell the story of Israel's past, of their history. He tells the story about Uh, how God had freed them from the the wilderness wandering. He tells them all kinds of stories. But we find in Joshua 24, 14, that he isn't just telling a story. He's saying, look, if you're going to follow God, it's going to take a choice. Because you don't just fall into spiritual growth. It's something you have to be intentional about. And that's what he has to say here. Uh, Joshua 24, beginning in verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. "'Throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord.'" Some of you may have this etched in your house somewhere, right? This is a, a famous saying, that, a famous verse that people kind of go to to talk about following God and choosing to have a household that will follow God. But like I said before, spiritual growth is not something that we just fall into. It doesn't happen by chance. It happens through intentional moves of families that are trying to follow God and choose to do so. So when Joshua says this, he says, you're going to have to choose. And they say, we choose Yahweh. We're we're going to serve Yahweh. And and Joshua says, well, you can't actually choose that because you're going to be disobedient. And they say, no, 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 Joshua, we we commit. We will serve the Lord our God. This is what it says in, in verse 24 to 26. He has a covenant ceremony that becomes pretty significant. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for, their, for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up under the oak near the play, holy place of the Lord. So I brought my rock along today. We'll have something to do with that a little later. But this is what he does. He sets up a rock in front of the holy place of the Lord. And do you notice the tree that he sets the rock up under? It's an oak tree, which means we have a biblical name, okay? green Oaks. So he sets it up under the oak tree. This is the place where God comes together. There's a rock there. And I have to imagine every time they pass by this rock, they remember the ceremony, the covenant that had been made in Joshua chapter 24. This is what it says in verse 27. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to God. Now, this is an interesting scene if you think about it, right? A covenant ceremony, that's normal in that era. But who's the witness? The rock is the witness. Now, you'd think God could find a better witness than a rock, right? I mean, I'm just imagining this scene that one day there's a courtroom trial with God and Israel, and they're like, we're calling in the rock as the witness, right? And um, Just not what you would expect. But this is what is said, and and I think later in the story we find out that sometimes the, the rocks and stones cry out. So maybe this isn't too far of a strange thing in Scripture. So, this rock serves as a witness. It hears the covenant that they've made before God. And as they pass that rock, it becomes important. You know, we sang a, a song about a rock just a minute ago. You may not have noticed it. Come now found. Verse 2 says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Now, growing up, I didn't quite get this verse. I mean, my only connection with an Ebenezer was from the Christmas carol, Ebenezer Scrooge. So, in my imaginative mind, when I was singing verse 2 growing up, I remember thinking, Is there a guy named Ebenezer we're going to carry out of here by the end of service? And what did Ebenezer, the old guy in the church, do that we're going to carry him out on our shoulders, right? But if you look at the Hebrew, Ebenezer actually means stone of help, thanks to the asterisk that was on the screen earlier. My church didn't have that. I don't know if you noticed that in verse 2, but here I raise my stone of help. And all throughout the Old Testament, there are stones that are stacked in different places, commemorating the fact that God had helped Israel in the past. And if he helped them in the past, there's a good chance he might help them in the future. So when you see a pile of rocks, it might not just be a pile of rocks. There might be more to the story. And that's what we find in this story is that this stone of help is a reminder of the covenant they've made to God. So again, you may be thinking, what in the world does this have to do with faith path? Well, good question. This morning, uh, I'm wanting us to have a covenant ceremony in front of a rock. I want to do that because I think it's important for us to commit as a community to to raising our kids in the way of Jesus. But covenants are important throughout Scripture, and I think it's important that we as families learn to do the same thing and make these commitments saying to God, this is what we choose to do, and we may not be faithful at every moment, but we've got a community that's going to help us along that way. And in a few minutes, Greg and Hillary, our student ministers, are going to tell you more about the specifics of Faith Path and how you can get your kit and how you can be involved. There will be more specifics on it in a moment. But basically, Faith Path is a set of 12 milestones, 12 uh, significant events that we believe that your children should be walking with you through. So as you're trying to raise your kids as a part of the family of God, you're going to do things that are, are, are part of your family tradition But we think there's 12 of them uh, that we want to set out before you, kind of these stones on a path that we're trying to set out to say these are significant markers, and we want to equip and help you as families to walk through those 12 conversations with your kids. So along the way, you're going to get, uh, during the birthday month of your children, once you get signed up and everything's in the system, you'll get sent an email to remind you to come pick up a a kit that will help you with every one of these conversations. And today we're going to start you off with a free kit that will let you know more uh, about how to launch this with your family. And we want you to engage in this already this week in some, some significant ways. So if you're a parent who has kids at home right now, or maybe you're a grandparent who's raising kids in your home right now, I'd like to ask you to stand. We won't do exercises every week, but today I'd like to ask you to stand if you will. And I want us to have a a covenant ceremony of sorts. I want us to just commit to a few words that if you're willing to raise your kids, remember, spiritual growth is a choice. It's not something we fall into. So this is kind of a, a, a choosing point. Many of you have chosen long before this to follow your kids in the way of Jesus. Uh, But if you're willing to commit to that, to choose to have them serve God only and do everything you can, I want you to to say these words with me in just a moment. But I want to read again from from Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So again, if you're willing to commit to this, would you say this uh, together? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And I want to ask the rest of us who are not standing right now, if you'd be willing to stand up as well, because this is a community that's doing this together. Years ago, families would often live in the same area, maybe the same house as their extended family, but many of these young families who are raising kids are not doing that with their families close by. And that's the importance of a church community that does this together. So for the rest of you and those who stood who are helping to raise other families, all of us in the room, if you're willing to commit to live in a way that serves as an example to these young ones who we want to follow Jesus, and if you're willing to do everything you can to see that they follow in the way of Jesus as well, I'd love for you to repeat this with me just now. We commit to follow Jesus. We commit to serving as examples of what it means to be followers of Jesus for the young ones in our church. We will do everything we can to help the families of this church raise faithful followers of Jesus. You all can be seated. Thank you very much. Now, thank you for your participation this morning. And I want to remind you, this rock has heard everything you've said. So maybe this week you'll see a decorative rock near a a restaurant. Uh, Don't hit it. But let it be a reminder this week of the commitments you've made. Maybe rocks can be a reminder of our church. I I use this example because Faith Path uses this example, this image of rocks on a path, trying to find our way. And and so we want to help you along that path. And so in just a moment, Greg and Hillary are going to be walking up to the stage. But before they do that, I, I want to show this video real quickly to you.
1: I wish I'd gotten more sleep.
2: I miss watching a lot of great football games.
1: I never got to spend enough time on Facebook. I wish the walls weren't so scratched up. I never really got to drive the cool car.
2: I wish that planter in the backyard didn't wobble.
1: I wish the house had been cleaner.
2: I never had enough time to work on my fantasy sports teams. I wish I'd had more money for myself. I wish we'd slept in more on Sunday.
0: We had had more time for ourselves.
1: Good morning. When I was in college, I had this professor who would start off the first class of each new semester the exact same way. He would read to us the mission statement of our university, which is to educate students for Christian service and leadership throughout the world. But he made us write something extra in our syllabus. Um, He would have us write these words, it starts in the home. And to this day, I can't hear that mission statement without thinking that in my head, that it starts in the home. My professor was a wise wise man um, to teach me that you can't have Christian service and leadership throughout the world without it first starting somewhere. And what better place for it to start than in the home? The kind of person who is doing Christian service and leadership doesn't just become that way by chance. It's the same way as a a thriving faith in Jesus doesn't just appear randomly. Instead, it's taught, it's nurtured, it is modeled. So this morning, we're launching Faith Path, and it's going to provide you opportunities, but it's also going to provide you equipping for teaching, nurturing, and modeling faith in all of our teenagers and their kids. Um, so this morning, I'm making an informal edit to our mission statement. So look up here with me to this sign where it says our mission statement. Um, next time you see this or hear this is what I want you to think. Remind yourself that seeking those who need Jesus and together becoming his fully devoted followers starts in the home.
2: And At Greenville, we know that this mission is something all of us live out from the oldest to the youngest. Passing faith on to the next generation is critical. It's highly important. It's something we all do together. We believe that God designed the family as the primary, not the only, but the primary place for faith formation, as Colin said earlier. And Faith Path is intended to help us in that, especially for our parents and our grandparents to develop a clear plan plan to intentionally point our teens and children toward Christ in a way that's age-appropriate. Now, most of us are naturally exposing our kids to faith practices in some way, but Faith Path gives clarity and direction, focusing on certain practices and milestones at specific ages and stages. We will provide you with these free kits, and all of it's free, we're never going to ask you for money for it, that include training, resources and ideas to help you guide your sons and daughters, your grandsons, your granddaughters along the path Very quickly, I want to say thank you this morning to our elders, to our office staff, to our ministers, to high school students who came and helped us decorate this week, to those who helped put to assemble the kits that you received this morning, and especially to Anna Davis for her work on these kits, and Teresa Shaw, who did a lot of things administratively. So I want to say thank you to all of you for helping make Faith Path a reality for us at Greenville Oaks.
1: So you should have gotten a coupon This coupon right here. If you didn't, please raise your hand, and there will be someone that hands you one of these coupons. You need one of these. Every single person, one from each family, needs a coupon. So raise your hand high if you still need one. So as those are coming around, um, you're going to write your name on the coupon. And then at the end of service, you're going to take it to our Faith at Home Center. And our Faith at Home Center is to my right, your left. Once you go in there after service, there's going to be a host that will greet you and give you the overview kit. So what is an overview kit, and why do you need one? Those are good questions. Um, This is our way of getting focused together on Faith Path. We want you to be confident. We want you to be ready to lead our kids and teens to Jesus. But getting there is just one step at a time. And this first step is to have a shared understanding of Faith Path. So what are you going to find in the overview kit once you pick it up after service? There's some pictures on the screen for you that will show you. First, there's going to be a brochure where you'll find deeper explanations of each of the milestones and steps. And you might find where your kids are in the path. Um, Next is a letter from Colin about how to begin this process with your family. There's also a DVD you can watch at home on your own time that's going to explain the philosophy behind Faith Path. And then my favorite part of the faith or the overview kit is um, these activities. They're really simple activities that we want you to do this week. Um, one of them is called Faith Walk. And just to show you how simple it is, I'm going to explain it to you really quick. Um, so it starts by parents. You get to blindfold your kids or teens, which is fun, right? Um, then you're going to set up an obstacle course somewhere. You can do it in um, your living room, go to your backyard, wherever you want to do it. And then you have to navigate them through that obstacle course. Um, And the only way they can do it is going to be with your help. And then afterwards, you're going to have a discussion about it. And that's going to focus on the impossibility of navigating the course without close guidance and help from somebody. And you're going to talk about how as parents, God's giving you the responsibility to guide um, and navigate your children's spiritual journey. Um, This is a simple activity. Each of you are more than capable of leading this with your families. Um, So right now, what I want you to do is get out your phones. Um, Just pull out your phone real quick. You have permission. Colin's doing it, so you know it's okay. Just follow his lead. Get out your phones. Pull out your calendar app. I want you to look at this week specifically. This week, where do you have 30 minutes to an hour? And I want you to create an event on your phone. That you're going to do this with your family. One or both of these activities. Commit this morning for when you're going to do it this week. And kids and teenagers, I want you to ask your parents after you leave service. Say, hey, when are are we going to do it? And then keep them accountable. Um, We want you to start this week. um, Start today if you want. And most of our kids and teens go back to school this week. And so what a great opportunity. What great timing to start new habits and practices as a family.
2: So we're doing ours tonight. First one tonight. We got it on the calendar. So today you'll get the overview kit as you take the coupon into the Faith at Home Center. But beginning next month, in September, we will have kits. We'll have kits for each Faith Path step available in the Faith at Home Center. Each kit will be similar to the overview kit that you received today where you'll get a letter, a DVD, some teaching and instruction, and some activities that you can do, those simple activities that you can do at home with your family. When your child reaches the recommended age for, that certain, for a certain step, you'll receive an email during their birthday month reminding you to pick up that kit from the Faith at Home Center. You can also pick up these kits to share with family, to share with friends, to share with neighbors. We don't want to just keep this to ourselves. We want to pass this on to others, and we want to share this with others. Uh, Eventually, we'll have all this online as well. And I want to remind you that it's never too late to start, no matter what age your kids are. And it's also never too late to come alongside others, just as we have committed as a church this morning, and to help one another, because we are in this together. last thing we want to ask you to do is we want to ask you to share your stories To me, success with Faith Path is in trying it, is in going home and doing it. That's success if you just try it. It'll look different for different families. Sometimes it'll go great. Sometimes it will go horribly wrong. But that's okay. The fact that you're trying it as a family is important, and we want to ask you to do that. And when you do that, we want you to share your stories with us. Of course, you can always tell them to us verbally, but it would really help if you would uh, share your stories one of these two ways. You can email us faithathome at at greenvilleoaks.org. Or if you're on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, when you share that story at the end, just write in hashtag faith path. And that's a way we can all kind of see each other's stories and we can share these together. I want to remind you that elders and staff and some others are wearing these shirts this morning. So as you look around after worship, if you want to ask questions or just talk to us about it, come find one of us. Or you can always stop by the Faith at Home Center Remember, it's just one step at a time. And we believe that you can do it, and we're here to help. I'm going to ask Rex Taylor, one of our shepherds, to come and pray over us as we close this morning.